Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Through the Mic. I am your host, Willem Aaron Freund. And my name is Malcolm Callender. Uh, and today we have another really, really beautiful guest, mm-hmm. Craig Hain. Craig, welcome, welcome, brother. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> Craig is a incredible writer, poet, and viral TikTok influencer. <laughs> um so we're we're super happy to have you on the show today, Craig. Yeah, how are you feeling, to be man? Here. What'd you say? How are you feeling? Like, I'm how feeling are great. You? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been a it's been a very busy week, uh, but other mm-hmm. than that, it's it's been it's been great. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, cool. Um, wh- wh- where where do we want to start? I mean, this is my first time meeting you. I know you met well uh, uh, a couple months ago. I'm assuming, but uh, where do you want to start? I guess you know. Uh, let's say this. How do you meme? Okay, uh, you want to talk a little bit about that and uh, your process with it and how you found it? Yeah, so uh, so what do you mean is the the company I work for? Um, they're an adult card game company, although we've expanded now to uh, family and kids. Uh, but I originally found out about them. Well, in in college, we used to play. What do you mean? Uh, I think it was like. 2017 or 2018, so like a year into year or two into their company, we started as a. I was on the speech team in college. We used to play it at like parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but later, after I started doing TikTok for a little bit, I think uh, when I hit like around 100,000 followers, um, the company reached out and they asked if I would do like just ads for them. Uh, and all that consisted of them them sending me free games, and then I just make a video with my friends playing them, and they would pay me for it. And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds perfect." <laughs> <laughs> I already played the games with my friends, so I was like, "More games and money." That sounds like that sounds like a dream. Um, so I did that for a little bit, um, and I had one video went uh, viral. It was a video of my parents. Uh, playing the game Incoherent, which basically is just a game where you sound out things, uh, and they were sounding out a dirty word, and so of course, you know, old people saying yeah. dirty things is hilarious, hilarious. to everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, and that won me their top brand ambassador uh, uh, award at the end of the year in 2019. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was that was pretty big, um, and you know, I, I thought I was pretty much done. I, I was happy with the money I made. I really, really loved the partnership, but I was getting ready to go to grad school for, for poetry. I was going to get my uh, my MFA in poetry at George Mason, which is three-year degree. You know, it's very, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a process. And I had a, I had a full scholarship there, but I was, you know, I was ready to commit to academia. And <laughs> I, all I did was uh, email them and I was just like, hey, um, I'm going to be doing this, this big life transition. I don't know what my capacity for, for TikTok is anymore, uh, but I really appreciate all you guys have done. If you have a more permanent position, I'd be happy to look into it. But otherwise, like, just thank you. And they were like, let's get back to you. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, 
And they weren't hiring at the time, obviously, because that was just when COVID started. So this was like March, April. Mm-hmm. Um, and they reached back out and they gave me an assignment and they were like, we just want to see you do this. And I was like, okay. And I did it. And then I got a call the next day from the marketing managers who are What was my... the assignment? Uh, <laughs> it was it was really – it felt kind of silly. Um, the, <laughs> the, the bulk of it was they gave me three or four meme pictures. Okay. And I had to come up with captions for them. Because um, that's that's I mean that's how you play the game. What do you meme? You get meme uh, memes, and then everybody's handed cards, and you you play the caption yeah. cards. And part of writing the game is you know writing those caption cards. And so I had sent some dumb ones over. I remember FaceTiming my friend Jacob, and I was like, "Please tell me these are funny. I'm so nervous about this." And uh, and so he validated me. I sent them <laughs> off, um, and I got a call from the marketing managers, who they're they're wonderful people. They're my managers now. Um, they gave me – there was like a faux interview. I don't even think they were like <laughs> prepped for it. I think they were, they were just like, hey, talk to this kid and see if you like him. <laughs> and um, then I got another call and it was uh, the founder of What Do You Meme? And he wanted to have an interview with me. And so I interviewed. Uh, I didn't even know what I was interviewing for. They just asked me a million questions and I answered the, answered them honestly and uh, they they gave me a position that I really couldn't pass up. So I, I – uh, deferred my my grad school so i i gave it i gave them a year i was like hey i'm just gonna work for a year save up money um uh i don't want to like decline yet because i i do love Mm -hmm. poetry Mm -hmm. i do all that so uh i came i moved out here i fell in love with the job and the work uh obviously uh studying right now is very hard especially in poetry yeah yeah it's it's something uh, poetry i feel is is very important to have it's in the body yeah, and it's, it's important to, to be with people, to, to, yeah, to feel to people. Share. Yeah, and absolutely. my last semester was online and I and I I saw it a good time, but I just remember like how disconnected it felt. And so um I was like, Yeah, I just I can't do it online. I, I, I would rather just do the job for a year and I fell in love with the job, so I, I officially turned down the grad school uh, last week, actually. So um, oh wow, yeah. So I'm I'm Cong- congratulations, man. Thank you. I'm I'm really uh, and they're they're super kind about it. I mean, the whole staff at George Mason's really really sweet. Um, and if I if I were ever going to go back to grad school, I would you know 100% apply there again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it. And it's not like you, it's not like you forgot about uh, creative writing or poetry and all that stuff. It's still with you. No, yeah, and I, uh, I mean, I've been writing a lot. Uh, I mean, quarantine's given given me a (laughs) lot of time to write. You can't help it. Um, But uh, what's interesting is I, you know, when I started writing the body of work that I'm writing right now, uh, I was going into my junior year of college, and. Uh, when I when I started writing it, it was just it was very like hyper personal to what was going on in my life at that time. Uh, it, it, intersections of a lot of different things that were all kind of coming together for me, um, and so I took I took time off publishing because I had been mm-hmm. publishing poetry before then, and I just I it was very tough for me to understand the idea of somebody else reading it other than like my peers Mm. or my mentors uh and it was just it was very very emotional work for me but i just Mm. just uh three or four months ago i started publishing again uh and with this this new body of work and uh one was published internationally actually um in beyond words which was uh really awesome yeah man and then the other ones in in a smaller magazine called ember chasm so I'm slowly but surely uh, getting back into the uh, the publishing game. But I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely it's, not it's, letting go of it. It's so yeah. fascinating. Uh, 
the space you occupy uh, creatively. Like mm-hmm. on one end, you you make these h- hilarious TikToks, which pause the video now and check out at Craig Talk. I know that was an awkward transition, but it just it <laughs> yeah. just I was just yeah, reminded that Talk, right? The, yes, yeah. that our viewers ha- haven't seen what you make, and it's so fucking funny and watch it right now yeah yeah okay um (laughs) now that now that you hopefully have watched his stuff um so yeah what i was saying is you are this hilarious tiktok comedian uh you work in the meme space for this for this company but you you're also uh, a creative writer and and a poet so i'm like just to backtrack a little, how do you, growing up, how did you find language, creativity as this outlet that it's become for you? That's a beautiful question. Um, it's it's very funny. I, I have a couple poet friends that align themselves with with this as well. And I feel I feel a lot of creative people in general um, feel this way. But there, there's something we talk about uh, in workshop spaces. Uh, we call it innovative necessity. Uh, mm. That there's, there's this this fire in, in creators or not. I don't even want to say creators, but but people who create um, <clears throat> to to create by 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 any means possible. Um, so growing up, I was I was really really bad at at reading and writing. Actually, I was uh, I had a speech impediment. I was mm-hmm. very very shy. Uh, I had a speech therapist, and uh, I couldn't I couldn't read very well. My mom read almost every book to me uh, until high school. So I think I think the joke was going into high school, I had only read three books on my own, and they were all like children's books, like they were mm. not like real good books. Right. And you know, I can't I can't today tell you like why it was because it, it's not that I was incapable, obviously, uh, and. And, and like I remember uh, very distinctly in like the seventh grade, uh, I had written an essay for for my teacher that I, I loved. His name was like Mr. Mr. Huntley or something, and he was a great guy. Um, and I turned in this essay, and I was very proud of it. And he pulled me after, and he told me that I had failed. And I was like, and I was so sad about it because I thought I I did a really good job. And I I wasn't one that was good at school, but I was really really excited about this one assignment for some reason. And he had told me that. I didn't, I didn't use punctuation in the entire essay. And I, and I remember like thinking, and I was like, I know punctuation is important. (laughs) Like I know, I know what punctuation is. I know what periods are. I know what exclamation points are, but I just, I was so disconnected from school because, and this is what I'm saying for a lot of creative people, you, you want to create, but when you're put in these, these limited spaces, yes, you can't you can't create the way you want to so you create in different ways and so i was i was writing great thoughts you know what i mean but i i, I wasn't i wasn't applying the rules of grammar because i didn't understand what why that was important you know right and or it, yeah and or it just didn't it didn't go along with the way that American education is formatted 100% like, cuz cuz the thing with poetry you don't need punctuation like nikki giovanni is Definitely one of my favorite uh, mm-hmm. artists to this day, and she was like, "I don't use punctuation in my poetry. It's yeah. up to the up to the reader, up to the listener to decide how the story moves them." Yeah. yeah. So I can understand that, like, 
<laughs> it's a struggle for artists to create under, you know, the ga- the rules of the game or, or the yeah. box that you're in. And that that's why, you know, a lot of creative people, they're the they're the ones that are uh, deemed, you know, unattentive in class or, or troublemakers. Or, yeah. And <laughs> that was me, man. People yeah. try to diagnose yeah. them. You know, my parents, my parents for a while and God bless them. They're very great people, but they, they, they thought something might've been wrong, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, I, I wasn't paying attention to class. I was failing a lot of classes. Um, but when I got into the eighth grade, I had this, this teacher who was the foundation of everything for me. Um, and she, uh, I think she knew that I was writing the poetry for everybody in my class. Uh, I was, I showed a lot of interest in poetry and I liked it. And I remember sharing a poem at the beginning of the year and it was good. And I, I was really, well, good. I was really proud of it as a little eighth grader. For an eighth grader is fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so kids in the class would, would pay me to write the poetry for them. Uh, and I think yes. she knew Amazing. that I was writing for everybody because it had all the same misspellings, all the same like <laughs> grammatical errors, the, the commas all in the wrong places. Uh, but she, she would keep me after and she would like go over the dictionary with me. We'd read the dictionary. Oh she would, God. she would, uh, explain to me why certain rules of grammar are the way they are and, you know, made me find an appreciation in that. And despite, you know, almost failing her class and everything, she recommended me for for uh, advanced placement classes, which um, I ended up passing both those AP exams are the only AP exams I passed. Uh, but she, she got me really caring about school. And so I still graduated high school with a 2.5 GPA. I was still not a great student. But uh, from there on, you know, I really... I think I found my footing. And so, yeah, it took some time and I definitely, you know, could always be growing more. But that that's kind of how I got on track to to uh, create. Mm-hmm. When you write, what is your process like of when do you think you're finished with a given poem, mm-hmm. given text? When do you have the ability to move on and start another project? Do you usually find yourself... Uh, writing all the time or writing, you know, like one poem a week, especially after since graduating and like starting to move into adulthood? Yeah. So that's a, that's a great question. As far as, um, you know, when you feel like you're ending a poem or you're done with a poem, it, it a lot of poets will say that the poems never end. You yeah. Know, yeah. You, you can't really end them. You know, it'll, it, there's an attachment to, to a piece of work, um, mm. that you grow, that you, you kind of don't want to let go of. And some will say, you know, it's finished once it's published, right? But even then, you know, there's, there's always tweaking that you want to be done with it. But if you, if you look at them as, as chapters in your life, they're still alive, but they're, they're kind of held in place in time. Uh, that's, that's kind of how you have to look at it. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'll go back and, and read poems that I, I publish and want to revise them and stuff. But, but at <laughs> the end of the day, you know, you, you want to keep looking forward into what, what you can be writing. And then, sorry, what was your, your second question? I feel like because we are always reflecting off of what's usually happening in the government and in our day-to-day mm-hmm. family lives. Mm-hmm. So we can't be this way one today tonight and have something happen in government today mm-hmm. and feel the same way tomorrow yeah so when we think about like how quickly the world is changing i wanted to know like how does that affect the words you write yeah so uh so yeah as far as like um like what my day to day is and my process and stuff like that it's it's difficult uh i I remember when I was when I started writing this body of work back in uh, 2018. Um, 
it was it was right after something very traumatic happened mm-hmm. and i so um and i i was working with my my mentor uh dr daryl harris she's probably one of my favorite favorite people in the whole world but also one of my favorite creators mm-hmm. she's she's phenomenal on uh, everything she creates i i think it's it's hard to even call her a poet because I, I think that that, that itself restrains has, her. Yeah, it restrains <laughs> yeah. her. The things that she does with language and with, with, with art is incredible. Um, mm. But one thing that we had to do in, in the class with her was keep a journal. Um, we just wrote in it every day. She didn't care what we wrote. We didn't like – there was no real uh, restraints on it. We just had to write. And I have the journal to this day, but I can't read what's inside of it. It's just – it's like – it's dangerous. That's probably the, the best word for it. Mm-hmm. The, the writing is dangerous in there. And I remember at the end of the year, she, dangerous to your state now, dangerous to the right, to what's in there itself, to a, to a reader in general. I think, I think uh, a lot of the, the language is, is a reflection of where I was at in my life at that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how I had been dealing with things mentally, which was very poorly, uh, it, it just came at an intersection of a lot of uh, bad things all at once. And so it got to the end of the year and she had mentioned that she wanted to read everybody's journals. And I was, I, I remember making that. some passing joke to her because she, I mean, she worked very closely with my writing. So she knew where I was at at that point mm-hmm. in life. But, you know, I, I sat with this journal, you know, on my dorm room floor at like 2 a.m., you know, crying over it. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I, there was, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things in there that I was, I was yeah. worried that her about her reading, but I, I, you know, I, I respect her opinion and I wanted to hear what she had to say about some things in there. So I remember making some passing joke at her like, oh, you're going to have fun with this one and like gave it to her. And she had called me in her office to to discuss it. And were you expecting that? Was I expecting what? Oh, for to, her to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had, she had mentioned that uh, for some people she would want to have one-on-ones and stuff like that. So uh, I, okay. I was like, I was prepared that that was probably going to be a conversation. Um, but the beautiful thing she told me was... Um, at the back of it, and this is what I do revisit in the journal, in the back of it, there's all these sticky notes. And what she had said was that I needed to stop writing. And it frustrated me at the moment because I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> all I want to do is write. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed at the world. I'm, I'm angry. I'm, I'm sad. I'm traumatized. You know, all I want to do is write. And she was like, your, your craft is there, but your, your, your mental state isn't. Oh, you're wow. not there. And so we were going on to winter break then uh, because that was the end of the the fall semester and she told me not to write at all and so i put it down and i revisited back um going into the spring and i just remember my head being so much more clear and Mm -hmm. my writing being more calculated you know it it felt it felt like i was i was speaking again in my writing and and so i kind of carry that with me Mm -hmm. that 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 feeling of you you are an artist but you're a person first and so you need you need to take care of your, you know, yourself first. And so I, there there are times where you know, I, I have to take two months off of writing. And and I just recently got off of a of a month long break of writing because, yeah. you know, just sometimes things in your life or things in the government, like you mentioned, things things happen so often <laughs> yeah. that yeah, that man. sometimes your your response is to go go and write or it is to go and, and create to some degree, mm-hmm. but then also sometimes your response is to check in with yourself. And to to think, is it realistic to to create right now, and and at what risk am I creating? Before she told you to take a break from writing, did you feel like at that point in your life you were writing for other people, or were you writing for? I'm trying to think because 
I'm, I'm astounded that she was like, oh, stop writing. Oh, yeah. like, did you did you substitute writing for anything else during your break? Yeah. Um, so so I uh, when I when I was writing, I, I was writing very much for myself. It was it was selfish writing, I, selfish in, in not a derogatory way, but just in a way of like I, I needed to to yeah. write, yeah. you know, yeah. but it was it was just it was it was graphic, you know, it was it was vulgar. And I remember um I would I would be in class and we would do poetry readings in class and I would I would finish a poem and and people would cry some people would leave you know and and it was always a very positive work environment and and workshop is always something that I really uh, enjoy but I just remember like thinking back at myself and like like I was like how did I how did I sit through that and like and read that to people like it was I don't know mm. it, it, it's taken a long time. All poets have an appreciation for 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 words and for language, but it's yeah, taken man. a long time to take that appreciation and figure out new new language for yourself to express mm. things. Because mm. there there's some there's some wow. terrible things that happen in this world. Yeah, and and you know we can we can sit here and use vulgar language to to take it all out and stuff, but but. And and Elaine Scarry writes about this in her book uh, the Bo the body in pain. But at some point, pain becomes inexpressible, and you need to create a new language for it. Wow! And creating that new language doesn't always have to be full of full of anger. And sometimes it is, but but other times it it can be reflective. It can be it can be calm. It can be peace uh, peaceful. And so it's taken a long time for me to get to that point. Um, and it's not to say that anger doesn't have a place in writing. It most certainly does. And you, you should be angry at a lot of things that are happening mm -hmm. and, and things that happen to people. But if, if that's your only space, if that's all, all you're allowing in, then you're missing out on, you know, 90% of life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's how you survive yeah. by finding new ways for your writing or for yourself. You know, mm -hmm. not being because you can you can go down a rabbit hole if <laughs> all of your poems are about the same type of emotion, because that's all you're projecting and receiving back. Most certainly. Yeah. How do you deal with confusion as a writer? Because something as an artist that that I've been going through recently is like it's almost easier to be in a state of anger, being be in a state of of fear um, in sadness, uh, especially when that's what you see when you like talk to other people yeah. and turn on the yeah, news and yeah. stuff like it's, that. It's, mm -hmm. it's, an, it's almost an, an easy choice, but something that I've been feeling recently is just like confusion where it, it's almost this state of, of a, a paralyzing state of confusion where you can't even you can't even think about writing something. You can't even think about doing something because you're just in, in between, in between states. Have yeah. you ever been in the in between state where yeah. it's it's not it, dangerous journaling, but it's not? I've moved on and I found a new language. How do you deal with that that state? Yeah, that's a, that's a great that's a great question. I I find myself there a, a lot. You know, I think I think a lot of a lot of creators would resonate with that, and I think that's the time to to one always be to be monitoring yourself. And and what I mean by that is, uh, I 
for example, every morning I wake up and I immediately start writing. Mm. And so when I when I'm not taking a break or anything, so what I will do is I'll I'll get myself up out of bed and I'll I'll open up my laptop to I have a special Gmail account that's only for for my writing, and cool. I will I will sit and I will write for thirty minutes. And it could be anything. It could be a checklist of what I need to do in the day. It'll be <sighs> what I'm feeling. It'll be maybe I want to write a poem later. So what do I want to write about? Uh, what's going on in my life where I'm just really just a check in with myself. And then, um, and then from there, you know, you, you, it, you also allow others to inspire you because sometimes mm-hmm. others have, have created a language that resonates with you. There, there are a handful of poets that if I'm, if I can't write, but I just, I need something, I need something to, to inspire me. I, I go back to their work constantly. I, there are some books that I carry with me pretty much everywhere I go, like just in case I'm right. ended up stranded somewhere. Yeah. I have a, I have a good book that I can read. Um, you have a bit of wisdom in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful way to look at it. And, and unfortunately, I mean, a, a lot of poets don't have eBooks or stuff like that, or else I just have them all on a, on a Kindle and bring that everywhere. But a lot of poets don't do that. And so I have to carry a lot of books around and it gets heavy, but, um, but yeah, that, I think that's the time that I one allow others to come into my space and and, and learn from them uh, mm-hmm. as far as letting other people inspire me. But then also uh, a time to, a, a time of reflex, reflection to check in with myself because one thing I have learned uh, and I think poets learn this especially uh, uh, quick is you have language for what you're going through before you know you do. So you 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 can sit down and you say that I'm I'm going to write a poem and and you don't know what you want to write about but you'll start writing about a flower because that's just like the first thing that comes to your head and you'll be talking about this flower you'll be talking about the day you'll be talking about a storm that comes on and subconsciously you're speaking about what you're going through mm. you're speaking about the things in your life that are affecting you but you don't know it because your your mind doesn't want to say this bad thing happened but your mind is okay with saying that there's a storm coming and that it's going to overflood this flower, you know, something to that effect. And that's such a cliche way to put it. But, but your your brain has that language first. And so I allow I allow myself that space to to check in and 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 to write almost as a stream of consciousness because you you surprise yourself, you learn things about yourself, and and that alone inspires you. And then when you're taking in the work of other people, you you really I mean you just become this this artistic sponge you know you just yeah, take everything yeah. in and then at some point you're ready to to jump back in again wow yeah i think um one of the most dangerous things in our lives is like the human emotion but i feel like ironically we don't like use that enough when we're in like heated situations or complicated like situations so when we write i think it's the most personal we can get to ourselves and the most personal somebody can get to you through your writing and through the things that you subconsciously <laughs> write down and all that stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of comfort and clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and jumping off of Will's previous question, when we think of the world, when we think of the world right now, we're in we're in between a rock and a hard place. You know, we're in between promise. And but at the same time, you know, dysfunction and discombobulation with mm-hmm. Biden previously getting inaugurated. Right, but because the world will never... We know him, now that the world will never be the same. Right, and this. then with him still having to manage yeah. this crazy land we call the United States yeah. of America. <laughs> so when we think about the future and your future, how can 
you think your writing uh, can help other people through tough times, especially when you think of your TikTok and that platform that you gain quickly and just really out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think about how you can have your little... um, effect on other people like your teachers had on you Mm. yeah uh that's again a beautiful question it's 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 one that's tough right because you don't want to feel that you you bear a responsibility for others right you know you want (sighs) you want to check in with yourself and and I feel like I keep saying that all the time, but it, but it's so important it's so necessary. to, to, to so necessary. as an artist and just as a person to to really make sure that that you're okay because if you know if I if I feel like that I I have a I have a voice for the youth and that I'm gonna I'm gonna be this this motivational speaker this great person for all these people but I'm not constantly interrogating how I'm feeling and how right. I'm checking uh, how I'm doing with myself then then I'm, I'm not really doing anybody a service, you know? So I, I think first you have to, you have to recognize what your capacity is and, and where you're at. Yeah. Uh, and then from there you can, you can think about how you inspire. And, and I, I don't know if I, if I view, view anything I've, I've done on social media as, as inspiring, but I, I do know that um, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people come to, to social media when they're, when they're alone, yep. especially now. Or when they're sad and they need they need a good laugh, you know. And and there have been times where I I've you know I've gotten comments or direct messages from from people who who said that that watching my TikToks and watching uh, the things that I was creating was helping them through all, mm-hmm. all this confusing time for them. And a lot of a lot of the followers are are younger children, and you know I don't want to say children, but like high school kids, yeah. you know, uh, so children. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, and and you know it's re- it's really it's really comforting to know that you you have that reach. And then yeah. uh, as far as writing goes, you know that that's always a, a space that surprises me because I when I sit down to a to a pen and a paper or to a computer, you know I'm I'm writing about myself and I'm writing a, I'm writing to myself in in a way. Um, but it, it, it always surprises me how people find themselves in it too and what people will, will come up and say and, and how it spoke to them. And it reminds you one, you know, we're all human, we're all living a, a life and we're all, we're all here together and we, and uh, unfortunately sometimes we, we all face the same issues or, or, or bad, bad things that happen to us are, are so, uh, common, but it, it's it's nice to know that both you're creating for yourself and then maybe one other mm. and and that that you can get something out of this writing but maybe one other person can too and and so yeah i just i try to create in a way that i in a way that's that's you know i, I i'm not thinking the word now but but it's safe you know i'm not i'm not creating recklessly uh, in a way that would traumatize or hurt others but um, also with, with the mind that I'm not trying to bear responsibility, that I'm, I'm, I'm first a creator for, for myself and then, and then right, hoping, not, hoping to help other people. You're not busy being an influencer. Yeah. All with everything with good intentions, yeah. but, but not, not, not putting all of that before myself Yourself, and my livelihood. Yeah. Yeah, man. You sound like a really, I mean, I, you are a very healthy artist and I, I'm finding it really inspiring right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's it definitely, I mean, it, I think, I think that's a long road. You know, I think that, yeah. I think that there are definitely times where I'm not one, you know, and I think. Not, I, not what? I'm a, sorry. A, a healthy artist. Oh. I think that there are a lot of times where, you know, I, I think I'm a very unhealthy artist actually. And I think, 
I think that that's all that's a lifelong battle for for creative people. What does it mean to be an unhealthy artist? You know, to not to not create, to not take care of yourself, to not take care of yourself while you create. Yeah, and I think. Um, I, I keep mentioning Scari, but I, I, I've been revisiting her work, so it's it's all that's in my head right now. But um, when you're when you're creating, because pain pain is the only internal sense that has no external object, right? Like when you're when you're hungry, you can there, there's an apple, or there's desire of or for X or Y, um, but there's no pain of or pain for. Pain is all internal, and the the opposite of pain is is imagination, mm. and in between that is the human psyche. So that's why we feel like we need pain for our art. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and that <laughs> and that and the making the making of art always feels like pain is a part of it, and 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 like I said, in that in that spectrum is the entire human psyche. So we as artists, we are we are putting ourselves in, in this position to. To try to one understand it, but also to feel it at its most extremes. You're, you know, the most happy and the the most pained because we feel in in that exploration we find what we're what we're looking for, and it's very easy to do that in an unhealthy way, and it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of years and a, a very long journey full of uh, very supportive people to do that in a healthy way, and so. It's it's something that I, I want to do uh, and I want to continue to do, but I, I think it's something that it it definitely takes your whole life to to really perfect. What what would you say to somebody? Because we go to we go to acting school where, um, you know, acting is one of those arts where you hear a lot of people, and I've experienced just with myself where you where you feel this necessity to have these heightened emotions in your life like pain to to draw from in in your work what would you say to somebody who is maybe thinking as they're listening to this right now or just in general um i i need pain for my work like i need i need to live this dramatic life outside of the work so that the work still stays rich and and human H how what would your advice be to to them Bluntly, I would say you need more work, mm. and and I say that because <laughs> that sounds like an unhealthy artist. Like that sounds like what an un, quote unquote unhealthy artist yeah, but, would but say. Malcolm, you wouldn't believe how many people and and the oh, conversations yeah, sure. I've even had with myself about about things in my my own life, um, where where you you feel like it directly feeds your work because you think that the work and the pain are synonymous but they're not and and i think that it's it's important to recognize that art can be helpful when you when you are feeling pain but to to intentionally inflict pain in order to create art is a is a very slippery slope and i think yeah that through you know meditating with yourself and and really really paying attention to how you feel pain and how, how you internalize pain and how you grow from pain is how you can create without having to put yourself in a compromising position to create. I mean, I think back to this, this work mm. of the, this work that I, I've been, you know, I've been doing since, since about 2018 is when mm -hmm. I, when I started this, it's a, it's a single poem, but it's, it's very, very long, uh, broken into many, many sections. Um, oh, wow. and, 
when I started writing it, I was in the heat of it. You know, when I started writing it, it was it was right after things had come to a, a, a crossroads, I would say. But now, you know, I've 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 grown and I've learned so much about myself. And so the art has obviously shifted in a way, but I can I can still sit down and, and write about those feelings without bringing myself back mm. to where to where I was because I one paid very close attention to how I was feeling when I was in that position because you know as artists we all do that it's like yeah. <laughs> you, you know you look at yourself in the mirror while you're crying and you're like okay how do I look <laughs> like, how how did I get myself here can I do that again and <laughs> but but um but it's also being mindful that that you don't have to put yourself back there you know, you well if you just if you just understand why you're there right now, and and you 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 take good record of that, and it's not to say that you know a traumatizing thing happens to you and you need to go straight to a journal, but what it means is is and this is more on a, just a, a human level in general is you just need to you need to really be one with yourself and and mm. and have those internal conversations and once you do the world opens up and you don't need to go back to this this terrible place to to write about being in a terrible place. And now a piece of Craig's work that he's been working on for the last three years. Uh, this is from the, the full-length poem, uh, which just, just got a new name. Uh, it's, it's called My Room, A History, A Theory. And when I'm left unsaid and undone, will rice paper piece, will piece our rice paper wings together again. Leave fingernails in my journal for the next fool who forgets its body resting pages. You and I moth flying to flames for any light to guide us. Move a million larvae, a crescent cut. I can see so much in our underbelly moonlight. Our forgetful photo taxis and its beguiling demise. The moon is ready to pop pregnant nat morning and what does that mean for us? my little forever fever dream. I wish I could say a crater's worth, but I'll keep us stardusting safely and separate. And before we fly to the polar lights, I'll ask, can you love what was never yours? Can I still swell with my imaginative king? Can I carry you across an ocean, tell you I love you, swim a school of fish with you, reposition to the sun to the day we meet, my little, for never forget your moth mothers, my never. Forget what we've spoken of future and of flight. My. Look at what we've said with so much grabbing at our throats. And isn't there still love here? And I'm sorry I keep picking up every dead animal thinking it's you, my little languageless. You were not animal, even if you were born out of overpower and threat, the kingdom's sweet coerce. The kind will never call oil sticking to our feathers, my little robbed of me. Got my brown eyes and recessive nose, my daughter of yeses, fresh from an exited womb with wings, born of burglary, both of us unnorm, undone, and maybe you would have called me your dad. Born of nothing, babe. No need to be sorry, though I am too. No name for what you were, so you left without one for yourself, babe. But what is a self, babe? Lost of all the ideas, just need to know how long for a chance to brush your wing against my cheek, my lightless, babe. Tell me if the clouds have a taste one day. Visit me for just some time. Or maybe you have. Maybe so short you would have just said a word to me, or long enough to have met me by chance in the same self of a small library, just would have bumped up, complimented your proud pile of books, or just heard for a, heard 
of a love for words and stop to see my eyes in you, babe, unborn of all the language I lost in one night, babe, just for a second. I believed you had potential energy, babe, just long enough to give you a book recommendation, mm -hmm. just long enough to see a wing flutter. Even if we are both blood-born, words only escape us if they're hostages, so we can't blame them, babe. Just long enough to tell you it's okay to feel forced into life. What scares us about the bird? Her flightlessness? What right do I have over a stolen life? What a beautiful heist. Mm. Wow. That's what's up. Are, is there any punctuation in that? Uh, yes. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the form in, in this work is, is very interesting. They're, they're, they're written, um, like, like prose poems. Uh, yeah. so they're written in these large blocks of text. Um, but it, but it, obviously it's very, it's very all, it's all intentional, but yeah. beautiful wow. thing about life is life is measured to some people on a series of cycles hmm. and you have like good cycles healthy cycles you know you can say a cycle for you when you first started writing was that you were you found yourself writing about those dark things in dark places in your life but i guess the challenge that we all face subconsciously is finding our way from one cycle to the other mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and yeah I, I i'm always curious to hear about because we always we live in this in between, you know. If I were to go to you like, "Yo, uh, is now now?" You would say, "No, now was a few moments ago, and then tomorrow's tomorrow, and all that hoopla." So it's like we are always living in this moment. So I think my my thing with the writing is like it's all you can't like measure the time, or you can't measure like your writing in a certain time. Do you ever think about? how my writing will be in the future i don't i don't think so and i think yeah. i think that i mean i look back on my writing right i look back on my writing all the time you learn you learn from yourself doing that and and when i do i i i don't see a different person but i i definitely see a different language Right, I, I created a language for myself at one point that is now shifted into something else, and it, it evolved into something else, really. Um, but as far as the future, I think that it's 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 unproductive in a way, you know, because you one you can't plan for the future. You plan, you plan, and, and God laughs, right? You you think you think I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then <laughs> a, a pandemic happens, and exactly. something you didn't even know could exactly. happen happens. Uh, but so so to to think to think in in that term, I think that you you limit yourself immediately. Um, but but also there's there's little growth to look to look into the future as far as your your art's concerned. I think you you always need to be interrogating yourself at, at in the present, figuring out where you are and 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 learning from from your past art. Uh, but but only in a way that that's safe and and. With, with care to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So you think with the writing in this current moment that you have, you can't necessarily plan your future, but you can. Because what I'm trying to get at is like, how can, because like we don't know the future. We all know that. Um, <laughs> we can't necessarily plan our future as like we live it. But I feel like when, when it comes to our art, when it comes to writing, writing is the one discipline where 
we can't necessarily plan uh, where I'm going to be in a year from now, but we can set ourselves up for if another <laughs> global pandemic comes, hopefully not, uh, <laughs> we'll be ready and we'll be mentally ready to deal with if I have to move or uh, if if I lose, if I, God forbid, lose a family member and stuff like that. You know, I feel like I feel like I'm on another planet right now. No, no, no. I, but, I think uh, I I think I see what you're saying. Because because you could talk you could talk about writing for days, and that's a beautiful beautiful thing about language and finding yourself in other people's writing. Mm-hmm. It ma- it makes you think about uh, how do I view myself and the words I use to express myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very interesting. I, I've learned. I think the the best lesson I've learned in writing is that you kind of. You kind of have to let it come out of you, and you mm. can't you can't force it into something. I think I think writer's yeah. block is a is a myth. You know, I think writer's block is just you putting yourself in bounds that you're not supposed to be putting on. Like yeah. I want to write about this, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I can't write it. Yeah. So now I have writer's block, and it's like no, yeah. you you're you're blocking yourself from what you really want to be talking about, from what your brain wants to be talking about, and. And, or, or especially, this is big with poets. Form, form plays a mm. form. Form is very, very, very important to a poet, but it's it can be extremely limiting. And if you if you try to, you know, if you're writing in couplets, and this, these these three lines aren't working, you know, the, you you need to put them in a couplet, but it, it, you you really do need three line separations. You know, you're gonna you're gonna drive yourself mad, and that's when you yeah. have to tell yourself, you know, this this poem is doing something else. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a very it's a very interesting space, but it, it's it's hard to um, it's hard to write with those bounds on you. Yeah, bounds bounds are are or structure in general is, is such a um, something for us as artists to always dance with instead of fight against. Mm. Um, because you know we we as actors have it have it too uh you know when we're going into an audition those are like it's most of the time the bounds can can take over and and the the structure of coming in and performing for people behind behind desks you forget about you forget about what the authenticity of your work you forget about what you're really trying to do because there's this structure that you feel like i feel like in this conversation we we keep going back to this idea of what we're really what's really is coming out of us and we what we want to come out of us i i guess now my question is how do you both listen to the egoic, like, this is what I want to put out into the world? How do you balance that with, like, the soul's language and, like, what the soul really wants to say? Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm a, I think this is, this is something that people struggle with, but I think that I, I'm a firm believer in, in ego has no place in art. You know, mm. you, your, yeah. your art will bring you somewhere else and you need to follow it and you need to, you need to pay mm. very close attention to it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's very rare that I sit down and I, I say, okay, I'm going to write a poem about X, Y, Z <laughs> and, uh, uh, Billy Collins, uh, us poet laureate, uh, Billy Collins says, or maybe he was, maybe he was quoting someone else. So maybe I'm quoting of a quote, <laughs> but, um, 
but there's there's always two subjects of a poem where where you start and what you discover. Mm. And I think that that's such a beautiful way just to look at art in general is you yeah. you can sit down and and say that I'm going I'm going to write today. I'm just going to write today. I'm going to write maybe I'll start with something that's happening in in the room. You know, but you get you get to something, you discover something along that way and and that's that's a poem and that's right. art, you know. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Do you see the same, do you view your TikTok in the same way? In the sense of, mm. um, because we talked about how your TikToks and your poetry aren't viewed in the same light, mm. but people view your TikToks as a sense of comic relief as and as a sense of escape from mm-hmm. all the traumatizing things we see in the world. Yeah, I, I you know, it's it's funny because you would, you would think of them as both art forms, but, but... I, I think I approach them very differently too, and I think, um, I think more so when I when I approach like because I I also make uh, TikToks for for what do you mean? That's that's one of the main uh, parts of my job. Is I uh, which are fucking hilarious, by the way. <laughs> thank you. I uh, I'm, gl- just, I'm glad to hear you curse. I, like... I was so nervous that I was gonna <laughs> drop every fucking every, every single has one of our guests. Every guest has it. it. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. It's I'm interesting what you say though because that's technically a job, but. You're still an artist in that way. Oh, it's it's all creative, and that's why that's why I've, I've fallen in love with it. Frankly, mm-hmm. it's it's. Uh, I mean, I mean, it really is just writing comedy, uh, just in a in a you know in a in a space of like I'm going to write comedy for this game, or I'm going to write videos promoting super this game. focused. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it, but you know, yeah. it's a it's a challenge that I welcome, and it's and it's oh. it's a form that's not it's not limiting at all. In fact, it's, it's, it's inspiring, I would say. And so I, I really enjoy creating, cr- creating these comedic videos. For example, the, the one that, the one thing that's been doing so well on the account, um, is I, I make these comedic videos where I go over the history of, of certain memes. So I, I pick a yeah. meme every week and I, and I, <laughs> I do research. I, yeah. and this is time out of my day job that I, I sit and I research a viral meme. And I like this week was the, the Bernie Sanders sitting meme. Mm. Uh, usually they're older ones, but this one was so big. I, I saw the to... oh, yeah. uh, peanut butter jelly time one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the one. The... Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to say the one that got me. And I don't I don't consume a lot of memes, but I was sent one where it, was, it said you could have sent this over email. <laughs> and it was him sitting at, at it was the meme oh. of him sitting and it said you could have sent this over email about the unity speech but yeah these, these Bernie memes have been really really great but but yeah uh, the the one that did the, the biggest it, it, I think it almost has like 2 million likes is the have you ever seen the the it's a vine and the guy said it's just like it's like a guy falling and it's a sound effect he goes bruh yeah yeah of course yeah so it's like a big it's a big thing and i i made a video about it and the guy that actually made that sound had recognized it and and he like shouted it out and stuff like that so it it got it got fairly (laughs) fairly big um but you see when i approach that you know, I do approach that like a almost like a piece of writing. I do I do research beforehand. I I and it, and it's all marketing is 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 very much like creative writing in a way where you you have a message you want to 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 say, right? Yeah. And you have an intended audience, so you have to go from A, a to B. You have to figure out how am I going to get this message to right. this intended audience in a way in a, in a language that makes sense for them. Right. And so for 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 TikTok, you know, it's it's children like i said it's it's children yeah. and and through comedy is is how you speak to them and so you know presenting presenting boring research about 
things that they might have seen on the internet is is not a recipe to 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 go viral or to to win people over but to do it uh, comedically and to do it in a way where you break down things into a into a colloquial language that they 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 vibe with you know that's how that's how you get it to to go viral and stuff so yeah definitely approach the two art forms very differently but but they they do they do serve a, a, a similar function in that, that you you have something you want to say, you have an audience that you want to speak to. So how are you going to navigate that space to get there? <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you think so comedy and I guess social media are two different things, but they both help each other deliver the message more. Yeah. Yeah. I think I – think, um, it's it's interesting because I mean social media is still so new. It's it's very uh, so new, and it's a tool that I think is getting the better of us. Definitely. So <laughs> definitely. my my whole thing now lately is to be like, okay, how can we keep this uh, pure personal uh, gift that we're given of like creating and and making moments in life, but not have it be ruined. Be, to be blunt about it, not have it be ruined by social media and how can we use social media to actually strengthen uh comedy and and political issues yeah. and stuff that's, like that that's a that's great i mean one thing that's been been huge is is how tiktok uh specifically was able to to help the youth vote out especially yeah. in the georgia election the georgia runoff yep. uh TikTok was all over that. Gen Z was all mm -hmm. over that. Uh, they were making TikToks promoting where you could go vote and stuff like that, and they were doing so in, in comedic ways, you know. But they were they were right. they were pushing kids to the polls. These these young eighteen year olds, and that's why we've seen it's such amazing. a crazy a crazy youth turnout. You know, it's social media can be such a powerful tool, but it is limiting. It's extremely limiting. I mean, one so so personally, uh, I don't I don't create anymore on the personal TikTok anymore. It it peaked I think at, at one point three million followers, and I I was really really happy with that. But I I, I finally took a took a step away from it, and it, it's not to say that I might not go back at some point. Oh, you don't? Uh, I, I didn't know. That. Yeah, I, well, it stopped last month, and okay. and it's not to say that I'll, I'll never go back. But but it, it, I mean, it can be extremely toxic place you know uh i did you find yourself getting affected by the toxicity of the app extremely so yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean i uh so i i would create videos but when i first started i would create videos with myself in them right i would like just me talking to a camera yeah. um and i would do live streams because uh, live streams were back in the day, that was the only way you could get paid doing social media on TikTok. Uh, oh, they shit. didn't have like I didn't a, know that. yeah, because I I had a oh yeah, we don't have TikToks. Oh. We, we got we downloaded the app <laughs> to watch your thing. So a lot of this has been new to us. Yeah. yeah so uh, I mean, now there's a creator fund, and so I was getting I was getting paid monthly uh, to create on the app. But before then, the only way that you could earn money was through through donations on live streams. And so I would what I would do is I would go and I would play video games with with followers and stuff like that or like uh i would just sit and talk with them or just like like small things like that mm -hmm. where um and and people were very very nice very generous to donate and and for a while that was that along with my my brand deals that's what was paying my bills like i, I was i remember going into my senior year I, I it was the first time i paid an overdraft fee on a on my debit card mm -hmm. because i had i had run my bank dry i had i had very little money to my name and i have very gracious loving parents that you know, kept me, kept me safe and, and above water. But at the end of the day, I was, I was, I was struggling. 
And mm-hmm. so I was creating a lot on TikTok to to try to, you know, make my own money in a way because when Survive. I was on, when I yeah. yeah, when I was on the speech team, I was lucky enough to have a have a scholarship, but it's it's so much of your life you don't have time to get a job. There was no time to have a day job when I was doing speech. And so and I had to look at it as my job, you know, because I was paying for school. And so I didn't have the time and space to to make money for, you know rent, textbooks, food, you know, all the things that a scholarship doesn't cover. Um, and and I, so I was creating those videos with me in them and doing live streams with me in them. And it was fine when I had 50,000. It was fine when I had 100,000. But when you start, you know, quarter million, more than <laughs> that, crazy. people will say anything about you. You yeah. know, I was, I was being called, being called, uh, slurs and, and 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 terrible things people were making fun of the way i looked the way i sounded and you know at first you laugh at that right you know it's just some lame dude in his basement you know critiquing some 20 year old who's just having fun yeah. on the internet but after a while it, it builds up of course you know and so uh i i took a step back for a little bit and i had started doing videos that didn't feature my face when the one thing that got me very very viral on on tiktok was i was the first person on tiktok to do uh voiceovers for these these viral life hack videos that was like the and and that became a huge trend there's hundreds of accounts now that do that um and and a lot of those accounts have very notable followings close to a million themselves uh, there's there's hundreds of them you can scroll through and and, and find them all, uh, but I was the first person to do that on TikTok and it was a it was a dumb idea I had one day, and um and so I was like okay I can just do this and I don't have to show my face I could just pump these videos out and because there's so many of those life hacks and so I was like I can just make two of these videos every single day for the rest of my life and you know yeah. I'll get paid moderately well and I'll I'll enjoy wow. that and it'll be very funny and and that's fine and then you you overwork yourself and and people still find ways to critique you and and to be you know terrible people because terrible people will will stay that way until right. they they don't want to be anymore right. um but but yeah it really it really messes with your mental and if you're not again checking in with yourself and and being kind to yourself it it takes over and so i finally i mean i'm happy to now be in a place with my with my work and and with my life where that's not something i have to do in order to put food on the table um, so I've, I've, uh, I'm, I'm privileged in the way that I'm, I, I was able to step away from that and, and take time to myself and, you know, maybe in the future revisit it, but, but definitely for right now, you know, it's, it's at a halt. Um, but, but yeah, it could, it could just become very overwhelming and like anything really. But, um, I think that I never imagined that for myself. I never imagined, you know, having access to 1.3 million people right. at a time and, uh, I wasn't prepared for that, yeah. and uh, I certainly still don't know how to navigate that. So the, the thing about TikTok, Snapchat, even things like YouTube, like any form of being able to communicate to anybody, like in Sweden or or China, it can be a weapon of mass distraction, and it can really take you away quickly from the people in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any advice for people who? Um, are aware of what you do, want to pursue that to like maybe ha- like have that lifestyle. And would, do you have any advice for them to like how to keep your cool, how to stay separate from that, how to have things like you and your poetry mm-hmm. t- for it to be yourself? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in regards to social media or just art in general or like, well, I'm sorry, what? So, so sorry. Do you mean like 
like what would be my advice to somebody who would want to do pursue social media or just pursue social media and yeah pursue social media and how to not like how to comfortably present yourself in front of like nine like uh million two million three million people yeah but still have things to keep you sane yeah so i i mean what i would say is a lot of people on the internet they the way they get a platform is they 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 do something that they think are going to get a reaction you know like i remember i would make these videos where it was it was so stupid but i would make these videos where i'd say if i get this many likes i'm gonna do this crazy thing like Mm -hmm. uh, the one one that went very viral when i was uh just starting out was i said i was gonna throw a printer off 10 stories and everybody was like oh my god this is hilarious like it was just a big printer and so a lot of people followed me a lot of people liked it and like the whole joke was as soon as that happened i like uh, i had like i had this there's a literary magazine called story and so i put 10 of them up and then i stood on top of that and i dropped the printer and like it's like and that that went it like that went uh viral and and that that got me even a bigger following um so people do these dumb things uh, and and some i mean some to huge extremes we've seen it before people do these terrible yeah, prank videos or or they they, they get yeah. on there and they 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 say these very very offensive or politically driven statements uh specifically yeah. uh right wingers on on tiktok they they do this because they know they get a, a a reaction and they know it gets engagement it drives engagement and what i would say is is driving that engagement is your your first mistake it, it, regardless of if you're doing you know, harmless, stupid things like I was doing or or pranks or other big things, you're not being yourself. And and if you want – if you genuinely want to to do social media and you want to do it healthy, you need to stay authentic. And I never did that. I was never authentic. I, I never put my, my real name in my TikTok. I never once shared my poetry. Um, and as I got bigger, things got put out about me. I remember um, – Famous birthdays put me on their website and I thought that was like so cool and I went there and they had put my relationship status and my partner's name my partner's full name because they had they had gone to my Instagram scrolled all the way down found her ad and then like like got to her Facebook and I I I was I was petrified I was petrified and there the the probably the scariest moment for me um because I always tried to keep my identity kind of close to me, and and people had figured out where I went to school and stuff like that. Because there there were people that saw my videos at school, and they would be like, "Oh, this dude goes to my university," and so like things like that, where I was like, "Okay, yeah, you know, no. like that's a comfortable amount for them to know." Like I don't, and I I ended up being a brand ambassador for my university, so you know, at some point, uh, they were going to figure that out anyway. But the there was a really scary moment for me, and it was a very real check-in with myself at that moment. It was the summer going into my senior year. I was visiting a friend in Chicago and I was staying at his place and um, we were just in the city. We were just walking down in the city and I pulled out my phone and I was mentioned in a video like a hundred times. I was like, well, this is a video. It was a video of me and my friend walking down the street and somebody was like, oh my God, Craig talks in Chicago, guys. And then somebody was like, oh, yeah, I know that street. That's blank and blank. And then somebody else was like, oh, yeah, my friend works there, blah, blah, blah. And I was Holy like, fuck. I was like, that's that's terrifying. That's oh, genuinely yeah. like here I am, a person who is afraid to <laughs> nope. put my last name or, or, or the, the correct spelling of my my first name. <laughs> you know, I'm so terrified of all that. <laughs> and here here are, you know, thousands of people trying to figure out my location. 
you know, and, and we weren't far from, from his apartment. You know, I was terrified the, that entire night I was terrified. And so, yeah, you, but it's, it's, it's something that, so, so to circle back, you, you need to be authentic and you need to be prepared for it. You need to be ready to, 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 to be in front of that many people because it, what it, what it felt like was what was, what was probably just a Snapchat story for me, you know, I was immediately put on a stage of hundreds of thousands of people and not to, not to put, pat myself on the back like that, but, but to say that I was not prepared for that. I was making stupid videos for my close circle of friends. And then when some people started following me, it became a joke. You know, like my friends are like, oh my God, Craig's got a thousand followers on TikTok. And it was funny and it was cool. And then from there, it, it propelled. And I'm, I'm very, very gracious for the opportunities that open up for me. Obviously, I, I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for all of that. And, and, you know, poetry is something that I love. But at the end of the day, it's very hard to do financially. And so I'm able to explore myself as an artist because I know that I have a job that protects me there. And your poetry isn't something that you want to associate with your social media life. No, not at all. Yeah, I, I keep yeah. the two extremely separate. And I remember... I had a manager uh, back back in the day who was like, I think you should start, you know, sharing that part of your life on on social media. And yeah, I was immediately yeah, like, no, no, not at all. That. <laughs> and, and it was, I mean, not only because of, like I like I mentioned, it, the the work was extremely traumatic and hard for me to share, but also I was like, I was so put off by that idea. I was like, these people. They, they follow me and they know me for for being goofy, stupid, and 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 saying funny things sometimes. It's like. Why subject them to to something that they they're one not even prepared for? You know, poetry, I think, is something that you need to be you need to be willing to enter that space. All art really is, but but poetry specifically because it can be it can be so heavy in a way that you can't just throw that at people. You know what I mean? And 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 mm-hmm. the, the the manager was was very much wanting to you know commodify it like you know make merchandise off of it and and to, to make money through it and and that's that's just a scary place for all for all art forms is is when money gets involved when capitalism gets involved and and unfortunately social media sees the brunt of sees the brunt of that all the time i think a lot of you know actors and and writers uh we come into an artistic space saying i don't expect to make any money here I just I, I want to create and I want to reach people and maybe that'll make me money. Right. But we don't come in saying I'm going to be a fucking millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> None of us do. But what's very sad is that the growth of social media has promoted that. So people go into the life of an influencer and say, okay, how am I going to make a million dollars now? How am I going to get that big mansion in LA? And without an, and, and and I mean being on the the side of you know a company that you know gets influencers and then negotiates with influencers there's there's a lot of money in influencer marketing it's it's definitely the 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 new wave and it's it's encouraging to see that people can can create comedy and create stuff like that and and you know pay their mom's hospital bill or pay for right. their their rent and and create a life for themselves but it's also extremely terrifying because now you have kids growing up saying I want to be a youtuber who makes millions of dollars and you've completely removed the art from it now. Now it's not, it's not, I want to get on an app and make people laugh and enjoy that and connect with people. It's, I want to get on an app and make a million dollars now. Yeah, we, we, I'm sorry, but we have to start wrapping up. But yeah, no worries. We, we, no, but like we can ask questions for days. Do, do you, <laughs> anything? 
No, I mean, I'm just, I'm still just sitting with what you said. I think you, it's pretty profound, especially to a generation who needs to hear this. Seriously, (laughs) man, like the, the fact that you can keep your art, your social media presence and your, your humanity in, in, in separation. It doesn't have to become a, the bubble of your identity, right? Mm. And it, it, it's almost more dangerous if it, if it does. Um, and, and yeah, what, what you said about kids looking to these influencers to become like them is so dangerous because you, I feel like a lot of influencers not neglect to mention like the, the, the passion or the interest that sparked this following. Um, but they just kind of step into the role of now the, the role that you didn't step in cause you wanted to protect your art, which is the fucking profound thing about who you are and, and what you said in this episode. Um, but yeah, there's these influencers that, that don't because maybe they don't have one, but they don't talk about the passion that led them to like having that daily vlog that gets 5 million views. They don't talk about like the, the, the pure root of their artistic expression because now in the eyes of the culture, there's something more than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. People. <laughs> and, and I think, I think that also roots in the fact that people don't look at it as a, as an artistic endeavor. You know, they look at it as, you know, you're, you're trying to get clout on social media. You're trying to make money on social media. And it's like, no, there's, there's art in that. There's art in, in editing a video and creating comedy yeah. and, and yeah. reaching, you know, these thousands of people, these hundreds of thousands of people. And, and it's very easy to get, get lost in, in all the, the, the extra uh, stuff. So, yeah. And with that, yeah, uh, we got to end it. I mean, like Malcolm said, we could talk for days, <laughs> yeah. but uh, thank you for you, man. Thank you for of being course, here. Thank, thank you for, too for having me here. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure for me too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, y'all. We'll see you for the next episode of Through the Mic. Peace, Peace out. This episode of Through the Mic was recorded, mixed, edited, and hosted by Will Aaron Freund and Malcolm Callender. Thank you to everybody who made this show possible. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. If you like the show, share it with your friend. Let's keep the conversation going.